greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell, and we have special guest host, super agent, team member, Josh Grabensky in the house. Josh, thanks for coming on, my friend. Thanks for having me. Big radio debut here. And obviously, we got Nick behind the camera on the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to follow us there, just Google Tom Tool Sales Group on Facebook or YouTube. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. So here's what we're going to talk about today. We've got the Inman Connect Summit. Uh, this is like one of the biggest industry events of the year. And there was a lot of, I would say, some controversial stuff that came out of this, some fighting words between some of these big companies. So I'm going to kind of fire off what I saw as some of the biggest statements from some of these major players in the industry. And just let's let's talk, kind of talk about it and get our reaction here for the first segment, because this is one of those things where people do pay attention to. They have it a couple times a year. This was the Inman Connect event in Las Vegas. Then it's happening again in New York in January. So let's get right into it. And the, the, the first takeaway I had, and, and this was, I guess we'll call this the Zillow segment, right, Stacey? This is where <laughs> Zillow comes up every week. Every week. Well, then, then they're a big industry player. Yes. And this actually came from the CEO of CoStar. And what I found really interesting about this was that, you know, they, they, they've come out and said, hey, we don't compete. And that's CEO Andy Florence. He said, we're, they're not competing with each other. I would argue these two companies are on a collision course in the next maybe 24 months, 36 months. And he came on stage uh, and this was on, I guess, Thursday of last week. He walked onto the main stage and he started talking about a hypothetical company called Ziltern that's hijacking listings and acting like the mob by demanding payments from agents. And full disclosure, we have a partnership with Zillow. So I'm just, we're talking about what's going on here. And I mean, he, he really got into it with him and he would not let up during this. Uh, and then, you know, he seemed to kind of go on and argue that almost no real estate company should use an IDX site. If you don't know what that is, that's where it's the Internet Data Exchange. That's what it stands for, where you can go on our website and look for listings or another company's website and go look for listings that aren't just theirs. So what do you two think about all this? I mean, this I, this was, you know, th those are fighting words, I, I would say, in, in, in a nutshell. Yeah, total fighting words, that's for sure. Well, you know, Zillow is is the the top of the pinnacle there. I mean, everybody's going to try to take down Zillow. That's their main competitor. And um, pretty much everybody knows what Zillow is up to. And um, I think if you're on the top, every that's what everybody nips at you. They're, they're nipping at your ankles, nipping at your heels. So they're going to take these shots. Um, but they want to be there. They want to be there too. So it's a lot of competition um, because there is a lot at stake. But I totally, totally believe it. His reference, <laughs> Ziltech, what did he call them? Zil Ziltern, yeah, like an intern totally. with Zillow. Yeah, that's that's Zillow for sure. Yep. Josh, what about you? How, how do you how do you interpret all this? Yeah, so I mean, we pay dues to our uh, MLS to list on there. Um, <laughs> it seems like the Ziltern company is trying to be a national MLS and you know control the market in that way. It's a it's a fair it's a fair argument um, that they want to control that, but it's it's kind of like the big dogs are fighting it out at the top here. Well, I, I agree with you both. And, and what we know about CoStar, and if you're not familiar with what that is, especially for some of the listeners not in the industry, it's basically the commercial version of Zillow to a certain extent. Uh, now they have news on there. 
They have kind of their own, you know, MLS for commercial listings because an MLS is the multiple listing service. Typically that's residential. And, you know, they, they purchased HomeSnap uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And that's, that's an app that you guys use frequently. I use it all the time. So, so why don't you, why don't you talk about what HomeSnap actually does to give some perspective? Because to me, that that's a clear sign. Hey, we're getting into the residential market. Mm-hmm. I use HomeSnap. If I'm out and about and uh, at showings, to me, I can just open up the app and it gives me real-time data close by to my location of other listings um, that are open. And I can schedule showings through that. It, it, it's a very user-friendly app um, and it just has a lot of great data. I use it a lot. Yeah, HomeSnap is definitely uh, ease of use. You can log into the the MLS through the browser, but mm-hmm. you're never going to get through all that, all the pages so quickly as you will with HomeSnap. So it's really it's really a convenience, um, and you don't get bogged down with advertising. It's just straight data to the point. See a listing, and you can get sellers' disclosures. You can get all the pertinent information and email right directly through the app and send it. You can also text it to your clients. So it's it's very user friendly. Absolutely. But where it, where it helps though, I mean, imagine you're out at a showing mm-hmm. and someone's interested and offers are due in 20, in like 20 minutes or two hours. I mean, this is, this is real life. This happens all the time. So the ease of use there to me, it, it's a really smart purchase by CoStar if they're going to get into the residential, uh, real estate arena. And w- when they talk about Zillow, I mean, Josh, you mentioned it, uh, and, and maybe this was, was intentional or not. The, the MLSs are the ones that have kind of failed here. I think the MLSs, they're, they, you know, I would love to see a national MLS. I think it will make life a heck of a lot easier for everybody. You're in South Jersey, not far from here. There's three different MLSs you have to use. We're very fortunate. We have one, but again, if we're licensed in other states or even go out and you're to another MLS, so it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the reason these companies come up, any company that's successful, they solve a problem. And what Zillow's done is they centralize the data. So looks like CoStar is trying to do the same thing and duplicate it from the commercial world. All, all, all I, my only takeaway from this is that CoStar basically saying, hey, Zillow, we're coming for you, whether you like it or not, be ready. That was kind of, I mean, that, that's how I read the statement. I don't know what, what you guys thought, but that was my, my major takeaway from what Andy Florence said. Mm-hmm. Totally. They're coming for him. All right. So we agree. Collision course happening. <laughs> we'll see what, yeah. what, what we can go pat each other on the back when we're right in, in, in down the line here. So the, the second takeaway that I, that I got, and I thought this was also very interesting, and this came from the uh, the CEO of Century 21. And I, I loved this quote. I've, I've met, uh, his name's uh, Mike Meadler. Um, I've met him a couple years ago at the uh, T3 conference. And he basically got on stage and said, uh, in, in short, that he believes that tech is overrated in the industry. And he said on stage that it's the work of the agents that powered America through the depths of the pandemic. And they're the ones that provide value in the industry. And he went on to say, we went out there and were able to deliver. We showed up, did innovative things, put boots on the ground. And this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't believe tech is an absolutely a differentiator in our business. Hmm. What do you two think? Josh, why don't you jump in first? Yeah, so I'm, I wouldn't call tech overrated. I would say maybe <laughs> that there's a lot of opportunity in you know the humanity side of our business and the empathetic side of our business to bring value to the consumer uh, in new and different ways. Mm-hmm. I think uh, coexist is a good term. Um, I, I Tech is definitely, um, yeah, it's not overrated. It's a necessity in our business, but relationships and the human side of it is a necessity too. So I think there's, we can 
coexist for sure. But I, I agree. We were definitely the, uh, as he puts, proverbial defibrillator for, to the pandemic economy. <laughs> pandemic economy. Um, yeah, because that's what that's what happened. Real estate brought us through the pandemic, and it's continuing to thrive at this point. So I, I think you know we have to learn to work together. Technology is not going away. Agreed. So you know it's it's here and it's advancing. I mean, if you're like retiring in the next 12 months, maybe you can ignore technology past that. Yeah, I mean, you've, yeah, you've yeah. got to embrace it. So I, I think part of this was probably he was speaking on stage and making a point. I, I, I get all that. When you go deeper into his, uh, into his, his talk that he gave, what I found was that, um, you know, the way technology can, can be a differentiator is in the consumer experience, which I totally agree with being able to sign things on your phone, mm -hmm. right? Having the dates sent to you, being able to streamline the, the process so that you're not doing all these things and it's a big pain in the butt for you. Um, coming from, you know, someone who's been in the business a long time. I mean, technology has revolutionized real estate. Electronic signatures literally changed my life. I mean, having to imagine having to go meet every That's person right. you sell a home to and have them sign the contract and then all the offers you had to write and everything else. So there was um, a podcast that came, uh, Gary Keller came out and said this uh, right during the pandemic that there, there, there's three views on this. There's the physical first world, there's the virtual first world, and then there's the virtually the virtual world that's physically enhanced. And to me, that is the absolute right way to look at this because you've got to build rapport with people still. We're not seeing a ton of virtual purchases anymore. I mean, it's happening here and there, but it's usually show it to us virtually. We'll make an offer and then we'll get in later. It's kind of been, I mean, I don't know if I'm off base here, but that, that's what I've observed. So knowing that, I, you know, the, the people that understand the sales process and know how to deliver value and guide people through the process and explain like how all this works, because nobody really knows. I mean, you bought a home 20 years ago, it's totally different. Even if you bought a home five years ago, it's different. Just market conditions alone, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I, there, there's something to what he's talking about here. There's a little bit of clickbait involved. I do agree that the people that can leverage technology to be more efficient and that can also understand the human side of the business because there's emotions involved when people are buying and selling homes. It's a lot different than a commercial space. They're going to be living there. That's what I see as, as, as the big point. And where I'd say tech isn't a differentiator is all the real estate companies have the same tech. Like, I mean, everyone has access to a CRM. They pretty much all do the same stuff to a certain extent. So I, I do, I, I agree with him in that. I don't think anyone has like the tech's not that much better anywhere else. It's the people that use it are the ones that differentiate. And most agents don't use anything. Yeah, it makes it very difficult uh, if you're working with an agent that doesn't use uh, some of the technology. It really does. It, it makes a difference as far as getting um, documents back to you. If somebody has to print everything and have, you know, what what they call wet signatures, and then they what's have your to... fax number? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, you still have to have your fax number on your business card in Pennsylvania. This is the law of the state we live in. But talk about how it's difficult with the other agents. I think, and, and I'd love to hear both your because I know we've I've had conversations with you guys off air about like, oh man, this is like, how does that challenge you, and how does that hurt the consumer? This is a really great point. Yeah, well, it's it's a time uh, factor, and everybody knows now that you know time is money, time time is everything. So if you're dealing with an agent that is still not utilizing the best technology to create documents and to transfer documents and to uh, electronically sign. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it's a time killer. It could take you a couple of days to hear back if you submit an offer. Um, instead of submitting um, streamlined through our um, 
our platform that we use. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, do it each and every PDF. It, it's just a, a time suck on our side. Um, and for the consumers, I just, I don't know, I feel bad uh, for the consumers who may not understand how streamlined it could be for them and how much um, of a time saver it could be for them if somebody just used updated technology. And I know it can be tough, like you said, if you haven't, if you're not computer savvy. Um, but I know that the majority of my clients, once they get accustomed to the e-signature all day, they just love it. It just makes their life so much uh easier because they can just review documents and click and sign. For sure. If you're waiting on a multiple offer situation and the agent is dealing exclusively with pen and paper, um, <laughs> sitting down, taking hours, going over it, um, it, can, it can cause some problems. And then if you need to change contracts after things are executed mm-hmm. and you got to go back to the pen and paper, re-upload and you get a PDF that's upside down, it's, you know, it can be frustrating. Yeah. Well, think about the, and you're on one side, right? Let's say where you're super tech savvy or maybe your agent is not. You, you go either way. You're on one extreme or the other. And then the other side is, is the opposite. I mean, this is how people lose houses, right? And you think you get a deal and then another offer comes in and there's these ethical obligations. So and there, there's a lot of ways it hurts people and then it can influence the transaction, even in ways that's out of your control because you don't get to pick the home, the listing agent for the home you want to bid on or you don't get to pick the buyer that you work with and who they choose you get to pick the contracts. So I, I, that to me is where you got to be very careful. And I think that's where those that leverage it will be the differentiators and and make it a a better transaction. So great observations by both. It sounds like we're all kind of on the same page here. Um, We got one or two more to get through. So the next point uh, was that there was a number of people that came out, Ryan Serhant, you might know him from million dollar listing, uh, Ivy Zellman of Zellman and Associates, uh, Gary Gold, who sold the Playboy Mansion, um, during the the their session of Luxury Connect, mm-hmm. a number of people came out and said, "Hey, the market's going to cool in 2022. The market started to show show some moderation." Uh, what do you guys think about this? Because I I don't know that that cool is the right word. I, I would I would be careful with your your language there, but I want to hear your 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 opinions on this because that was a, a theme that we heard from from a lot of people, even Nick Bailey, the um, President at Remax urged agent to prepare urged agents to prepare for a changing market. So there's this sentiment that it's not going to be the same year that we saw last year. What do you think? I think that we've been seeing that over the past couple of months. Uh, like you said, I wouldn't use the word cool, but it's changing. Um, and I think it's good. I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, so I think um, just for going forward into 2022, especially if the interest rates are going to be ticking up a little bit, that's going to make um, a big difference also. Mm-hmm. But I think over the past couple of months, I've noticed a change in the market. There's uh, listings that are sitting a little bit longer. It's not as fever pitched, mm-hmm. but there's still there's still plenty of activity, that's for sure. So I, I wouldn't say it's cooling, like, you know, ice cooling, but it's definitely changing, that's for sure. I was watching uh, Keeping Current Matters with uh, David Childers a little earlier, and he was saying, you know, it's not, it's, we're not entering into an area of depreciation. It's more of just deceleration. We're still expecting, most of the economists out there are still expecting 5 or 6 7% appreciation year over year next year. Um, so it's, it's moderation is a good word. Mm-hmm. 
David's been on the show, and that, that's a great point. And to, to liken that so people can understand what we're talking about here, when you're going down the road 150 miles an hour and you slow down to 100, it feels a lot slower. And I, I think moderation is a great way to look at it. Um, I, I, I do agree with what Nick Bailey said, that agents need to prepare for a changing market because a lot of these people, the number of agents has peaked this year. I think it was a new, new real order every seven seconds is what we determined at, at one point. Uh, where they're used to showing up, opening the door. Hey, do you want it? Okay, here's the offer. And and those kind of people are the ones that are going to be pushed out of the industry or aren't going to survive. They don't work on their skills and understand like how a contract works, how the process works, all those important things. So I, I, I do agree with what he said there. Um, now, obviously, Ryan Serhant and uh, Gary Gold are talking about the luxury market, which historically has been slower, and that's been very fast-paced over the, the past 18 months. So, you know, there, there, there's some, there's some value to what, what they're talking about here. I just, I hate hearing these headlines because we're still in historically a great market for sellers and there's some opportunities for buyers because of where rates are right now coming in at three and an eighth. So I don't know that this is going to stop, especially with the millennial home buyer demand that's coming. So I'm in total agreement with, with, with you two here. And it sounds like you got to kind of taper this changing doesn't mean slowing, mm -hmm. slowing relative to where we were, but this was probably the greatest seller's market of all time, mm -hmm. at least over the past 20 years from what I can tell. So last one here, then we're going to take a quick break. There was a couple people from some big companies, uh, Compass, Keller Williams, that said, hey, we want to be the Amazon of real estate. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I read a little comment at the end that said, if Amazon um, gets into real estate, they'll be the Amazon of well, real estate. <laughs> and that may not be that far-fetched, Stacey. Right. I, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Um, again, I think everybody's looking for to be that pinnacle. Um, I, I do. I think that they're all out there to get there as far as... But Compass has... They, yeah, they've definitely made an impression. Um, and they have big goals. So they're on... You know, they're they're making moves to, to uh, definitely... Um, you know, keep their position in the market. And I, they'll continue to do that. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people want that position right now. They all want to be the, the Amazon. But, <laughs> I mean, so did AltaVista and Yahoo before Google. Um, so I, I think it might be a little too early to tell. There's a lot of players out there right now, and we kind of just got to see what happens. This is no different than when Gary Keller came out and said, we're a technology company on a real estate company a couple of years ago. I mean, these are great things to say. I'll be, I think you got to let it play out, right? I mean, ever, and, and I think saying I want to be the Amazon of real, that's like a buzzword right now. Like everyone wants a five, like or we want to deliver a five-star experience. People take these things. I don't think they know what they mean sometimes. Um, obviously, you know, both these companies are spending money and investing a lot of resources in their, in their companies, just like every other company is right now. Yeah. So I mean, I, of course, everyone wants to be the Amazon of real estate. I would argue that to be successful, you got to be the local brand of real estate, not necessarily the Amazon brand, because that's where you can win over and over again. You know, it's just it, they, they play to their stock price. They're publicly traded companies. You got to you got to take this with a grain of salt. And it, I think it's just funny. They're both saying the same thing at the same conference. Well, like only one of you guys is going to do that because I mean, well, I don't even remember what companies competed with Amazon when they came out. It was like Barnes and Noble that was uh, selling books. Like I can't even remember. That was it. Or what's yeah. the, uh, um, there's another company with a bit, uh, it's Barnes and Noble. What was the other one? Borders. So I can't oh remember these gosh, companies, right? right? Like it's, it's, Borders it's crazy. Yep. So it, it, the, the point is that some, everyone's trying to make this, this digital first streamless experience. 
we've seen that, I mean, look what happened to Zillow. They tried to do that, and now they're reselling all the homes they bought below what they paid for them. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. Yeah, I don't think so. I, You know, they they talk all this to stir up a lot of controversy and, and you know, get more uh, clicks and, and get more people tuned in. But it is, it's tough. And, and you're right, Zillow is finding out that um, it may not be this so easy. They put a freeze on, you know, purchasing for the rest of the year mm-hmm. and uh, they have to unload. So, it, yeah, it's not as uh, easy as it seems, especially if it's not your main forte, you know, and you're just getting started into it. All right. Anything to add, Josh? Not. All right. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. That's the Inman Connect breakdown. I think we covered a lot of good stuff there. When we come back, what we're going to talk about is there has been a dramatic change in the climate of the market that a lot of people probably aren't even aware of regarding bidding wars and multiple offer situations. We'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 6... All right, coming back. ...926976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell, and we have special guest, amazing teammate, Josh Kurbensky in the house. Very excited to have Josh on laying uh, down his opinion and telling us what's happening for all three segments today. We've got Nick Wolf behind the camera, Brett, our amazing producer, although I still don't understand why he wears a Chiefs mask every day, but that's another story. And they didn't even cover last night, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other con- uh, you know, thing we'll talk about later. So uh, interesting data came out last week. And I don't know if you're, I mean, I know you're feeling this, but I don't know the consumers are aware of this. For the fifth consecutive month, the number of bidding wars of home sales declined, according to a Redfin report, uh, where in September, 58.9% of the offers written ended up in a bidding war, which was the lowest rate so far in 2021, was about even where it was last year at 58.3% of the time, down two percentage points from August. Most importantly, 74.3% of the time in April, we were seeing bidding wars. Major drop there to 20.7% decrease since April. So I don't know that buyers are aware of this. I don't know that sellers are aware of this. This is the kind of stuff that 
I, enough people don't talk about. You mentioned J, David Childress earlier, Josh, where being the knowledge broker is so critical. So tell me first what you think about this, and then let's talk about how we're explaining this to both people that are thinking about buying or selling their homes, because 20.7% is a pretty big delta. So to me, this spells major opportunity for buyers mm-hmm. because, um, you know, the competition is decreasing. Uh, personally, I still find myself in multiple offer situations. So um, I don't. How often? How often? Um, 58.9% of the time by chance? <laughs> I would think probably 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm just yeah, half honestly, joking, but I, I, I want to get some, some real life data here. <laughs> right. So I would say 99.0% uh, of the time. Okay. But. Uh, yeah, especially over this weekend, it was three for three. Um, but I think it's great opportunity for the buyers at this point because, I, yes, you might be in a multiple offer situation, but maybe you're not up against 12 offers, but you're against three. So that's a lot of competition that's been weeded out. Um, and if you have the right guidance with um, your agent, you have a much better opportunity, a much better chance to actually secure and get your offer accepted. So to me, I think this is great for buyers. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you entirely, Stacey. I think this is a big opportunity point on the buy side, on the sell side, because this is fresh data. Not a lot of uh, the market has absorbed this yet. Um, and it's gonna there's going to be a delay there before people start acting a little differently. So it's our job as agents to kind of bring this to our buyers and our sellers and saying, hey, this is what's going on right now. This is how we can prepare for it and react accordingly. Um, and that's going to help a lot of people get in the door and it's going to help a lot of people sell their houses uh, a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I find that um, the buyers that have kind of been sitting out a little bit like the past year, nine months to a year that I have been nurturing mm-hmm. and they're, they're coming into the fold now because some of the competition has, has dropped off and they noticed it. The savvy ones have noticed it and, and they're jumping in and, uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm super happy about that. And uh, for them, it's just, it's a great opportunity and they're going to seize upon it. So that was an observation I had just in this past week. Well, that, that's a really great point because even though you're still seeing a lot of multiple offer situations, mm-hmm. you guys are both doing a lot of business, number one. And secondly, the, the best homes always have multiple offers. I don't yeah. care what kind of market you're in. If you're looking for like that home on a certain street mm-hmm. or that 20-year property, those always have the most most competition. And the turnover in our marketplace is very low compared to other places in the country. I and mean, so that that that's one observation I want to kind of chime in on. I do agree with the opportunity because you know the, the the people that always win in the market, and you can define winning however you want. I look at it as they get the house and they feel good about the purchase. That that's winning because you're living there. The ones that win, they kind of get ahead of the market a little bit. They see this data, they pick up on this stuff and they act on it instead of kind of waiting until it's too late. And to me, the next really 60 days, that's going to be an opportunity for a lot of these buyers because everyone's going to start giving you that, let's wait till after the holidays. I don't want to move over Christmas or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving or or whatever. And what's going to happen is those people are going to jump back into the market when everybody else is. And Warren Buffett always says that you want to be the person buying when the rest of the market isn't. And I, I, I I, I am clear this is that chance and that window of opportunity people have been waiting for that went through May 19th of last year up until now. We've all been through that. I mean, it's been, this is the first hesitation I've seen where it's not go, go, go all the time. So 
buyers, I mean, there, there's that component. But then the other thing I, I'm clear people should be thinking about is like, what's going on with mortgage rates right now? Because mm-hmm. we're, they're all projected to go up and there, there's going to be a cost to waiting. So obviously you want to buy the right house. If you don't act on that now and you want to wait even until like, let's say six months from now, because that's what, that's a lot of people are already talking about the spring. And if April's about six months from now, right? Even if you just look at where rates are projected to be, which is maybe around the, the, the mid, you know, the mid, uh, the, the mid, the low to mid threes, I mean, that's going to cost you a lot of money per month, plus the equity that's lost that you're not building while you're living in the home, knowing that prices are projected to go up five to 6%, like you talked about, Josh. So people don't understand the cost of waiting. And I, I think that that's a, that's a big concern that I have for the marketplace if we're not getting the right data out there. What about sellers? So we, we talked about buyers and the things to consider. What, what are you guys advising sellers right now, knowing what's going on? Because you get these same objections. We want to wait. Nobody's out there looking right now. So how, how do you handle all that? Well, I have to, you know, let the sellers know, yes, there's people out there looking right now. And there's there's a lot of buyers out there. And uh, to reassure them that, and find out where they're hearing this information, because there's definitely, it, it's still a seller's market. Um, and just find out why they're hesitating. Like you said, if it's the holidays, well, you, you know, maybe you just show one weekend and get your house under contract and you have your house back to your, to yourself to enjoy the holidays. You're not going to be moving the week of Christmas or Hanukkah or, you know, New Year's day. Um, that all can be worked around within your, the confines of the contract. Um, so you have to just inform the sellers what the market actually is doing and also that, it is still the best time because the interest rates are still at a low point. Mm-hmm. And as they do start ticking up, buyers will potentially fall off the market, out of the market, because they might not be able to afford it anymore, or they'll have to get less house for more money. Um, so their price point will change. So I just encourage my sellers to um, you know, consider that uh, it is a great time to sell, get them under contract uh, so that they can move on. Yeah, it's always good with sellers. You got to see where they're coming from and what they're hearing from the market first so that you can kind of set up expectations for what is actually going to play out once they list their house um, and prevent or preempt conversations. You know, because it's like, you know, you hear all these stories, houses are selling instantly for 10, 20 percent over all this crazy stuff. And if they go in and expecting that, you know, maybe their house takes a couple extra days. Maybe you say, you know, it's going to take a week or two instead of instant fire sell um, as opposed to a year or two ago when we would have 30, 30 days or 45 days on market. You're mm-hmm. still way ahead of the game. Um, you just got to kind of set up expectations for how things realistically play out. And when you keep people on the level, they really appreciate that. Well, that's what they want from an agent, right? Like no one wants to, I mean, we, we say this all the time. The difference between a good agent and a great agent is a good agent will sometimes tell the consumer what they think they want the consumer wants to hear just so they'll get hired. A great agent gives them, hey, here's the facts. Here's what's going on in the market. Here's the rates. What, what, here's the data. And here's your situation. And how do we fit into this to make a move happen for you? Because these, these deals are complicated. I don't care what anyone says. Putting any deal together, every single deal is tough in, in a lot of ways. And if you underestimate that, because you got people's emotions, sometimes they've been through a transaction, sometimes they haven't. Preemptive conversations, Josh, are, are right on. So that, that that's really, really spot on. So, you know, the the other thing I, I wanted to bring up is, you know, we talk about rates, we talk about you know selling. Obviously, you know, when when you're on the market, when the neighbors aren't, that can pretty be, be pretty advantageous to a seller. 
Um, you're not moving during the holidays, like you said, Stacey. I mean, if let's say you went under contract today and you negotiate a 60-day close, it's, it's already after the new year, right? So that's all kind of passed. On top of that, you know, the homes tend to look a little nicer when they're decorated for the holidays. There's that emotional reaction. Yep. And what we also know is when we talk about rates, what, what's guaranteed right now is where rates are. We don't know what's going to happen after January 1st. And historically, that's when everyone else starts to jump back into the market. So if you can get ahead of that a little bit, because the buyer's going to buy that's serious, no matter what. It could be November. It could be December. Anyone looking this time of year is very motivated and very serious. And any seller that has their home on the market is the same way. So if you're buying and selling, you're dealing with serious people that want to transact, which I'm clear is really critical. And then on, on top of that, you know, what we do know is the projections are that the rates are going to be higher. We're not in the prediction business. We're in the data analysis, ad advising guidance business. And if rates are going to be higher, even if people say, well, you know, my sale price is going to be higher for my home, the cost of money is going to be higher. And that's what a lot of people aren't getting. Um, one thing I, I, I think I shared this with you guys this morning, we put this together is like what it costs to wait on a property. Um, and we have this kind of metric that we use as a team. I don't even, I don't know if you guys got a chance to jump into this or not. Uh, but if, if you take a, like a, an average sale price, let's say is three fifty, right. And over the next six months, you know, pr prices are projected to go up two and a half to, to 3% over the next six months, five to 6% next year. And right now rates are coming in at like three and an eighth. So if you wait at six months as a buyer and rates go up into the mid threes, you're looking at a difference of about $100 in your mortgage payment. Then the lost equity that you'd be building is another $1,750 a month. And then let's say you're renting a house right now. Let's say that costs $1,500 to rent the home, right? Which would be pretty reasonable. All of a sudden, it costs you $3,345 a month to wait to purchase. And that's what people don't get because when you're paying rent, you know what you're doing? You're paying someone else's mortgage down. You're paying their taxes, their insurance. And, and this is the stuff that, Agents don't understand. Um, it's right on the, the the second tab there at the bottom, Stace. Um, so this to me is so critical that if your agent's not communicating these finances to you, it might be time to talk to somebody else who gets it. Because that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, it's more than your mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. So you're actually, I mean, and then if you think about, I mean, it, it just, the numbers add up. So do you ever break down the numbers like this to clients? Like talk to me a little bit about how you walk them through the finances, because this is where I'm clear. A lot of realtors get lost because they don't even understand these numbers. Mm -hmm. um, typically when I'm with uh, buyers and they're considering putting an offer in and, and we're going over what it's going to cost them to get into the home. Um, I, I run as many sheets as I absolutely have to uh, with um doing the buyer's estimated closing costs and monthly payments calculator. And it, I'll tell you what, it's pretty spot on coming straight through the MLS. Um, and it gives them a very clear picture and understanding of what it's going to take for them not only to get into the home as far as their closing costs and, and what the closing costs are, what they comprise of, but also their monthly payments, the breakdown. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then we can do um, different adjustments. Do they want to put 5% down, 10% down, 15%? You know, if if the fluctuation of the interest rate, um, different price points, it's just, it's fantastic. And, and they love it. And that is that value added as an agent. That's what I can do for, for my clients. And uh, it puts a lot, it puts it into perspective. That's for sure. They love it. Yeah. When you start to communicate the cost of waiting to, to buyers that, you know, if interest rates were to go up 1%, you're going to lose... 10% of your purchasing power, their eyes just, oh my God, their heads, <laughs> yeah. their heads explode. 
because they're not getting this data anywhere. So it's it's really important that we're communicating very clearly what it what it looks like to them financially, what it means for them down the road, and how you know acting sooner maybe maybe sooner is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's all provided you find the right house. I mean, I think that goes without saying here. It's you find mm-hmm. that opportunity. And you, the best homes always sell fast. So you might not even find out about it until after it goes if you're not in that active search phase. I mean, there, there's been folks I've run into where they worked with somebody else. They took a break. They reset. And like, man, I would have bought those two houses. If they would have came on the market while we were doing nothing. That, that's, that's the mistake that I see a lot of folks make. And it, when you, Josh, you mentioned like their eyes pop out of their head because <laughs> nobody, nobody talks about this stuff. And there, there is a cost to this. And when you can communicate this effectively, and we're not, we're not making decisions for anybody. They're looking at it and making a good financial decision for themselves. And that's what this is all about. And, and that, that's, that's how a good agent operates. And this is why we train our people the way we do. So if you're thinking about getting into real estate or you don't have a license or you just want to explore it more, check out our real estate scholarship program. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com. Uh, and that's where we, that's the kind of training we deliver. So and, and what I would also say, too, is there's a cost to waiting for sellers because if they're going to have to buy something else, they're dealing with the same thing, right? And you don't know what the rate is on their house. Maybe they have like a 4% rate. I mean, maybe they didn't refinance. It, it, it all depends. And if the cost of the dollar goes up, which it, it's going to, that's where, you know, the affordability kind of breaks down. So, you know, before we, we kind of take a break here and jump into the last segment, anything else you want to add from this data? Because we're saying uh, what I'm hearing is there's opportunity to transact in the next 60 days. There's a lot of great reasons to do it. You're running into serious folks. There's a cost to waiting for anyone that's kind of been on the fence. What are you, what are you guys telling them right now in the field? And this goes for a buyer or a seller, because that's who I want to get this message out to. Well, if you're on the fence, let's sit down and have a conversation. What are you apprehensive about? Tell me, you know, what, what's going on. Let me bring to you what's really happening and the data so that, you know, we can, help you get over that hurdle and move forward. I think that's invaluable. I think people just, they let the, the thoughts and things spin in their heads and they make up their own, uh, they have these own ideas. Um, but if you actually sit down and talk to someone and get all your questions answered for the most part, you're going to have a much clearer picture and focus. And I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately, you know, everyone's personal situation conditions are going to dictate what's best for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to sit down with them and kind of analyze that and help them walk it through it. But you're absolutely right. People will, you know, spin things up and and with the little information they have. And if you can kind of open their open their eyes on some of that, guide them in the right way, that's really, you know, the best we can do. Mm-hmm. Well, think about what you guys just said there. Normally, you meet with your accountant every year when you do your taxes, right? This is a much bigger financial decision than that. Taxes are important. When you got to get something done for your health, you go meet with the doctor, you have a consultation. Same thing if you got like a legal problem, right? So why not do the same thing with real estate? And that's another area where a lot of agents fall off. So, you know, having that kind of meeting, game plan, strategy session, whatever you want to call it, that's where a lot of value comes from. So I think that's great advice, especially knowing that most people don't even know about this yet, Josh. You said that right at the top of the segment that people don't know about this data. And that's why it's our job. That's why we're on the show here to get it out. So no matter who you talk to, at least you know what kind of situation you're getting into. So on, on that note, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Josh Grabensky, how his career is changing, how he's taking ownership of his real estate career, because a lot of people don't. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. 
Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com to stand by. Take advantage of these market conditions. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacy Mitchell. We've got Josh Grabensky here from our team. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. And we had Josh on for many reasons, one for his insight, but two, we wanted to chat a little bit about, his, you know, about, about him, what he's been doing how he's been helping people locally in the marketplace. So Josh, why don't you kind of give everyone a little bit of background about yourself, kind of what you were doing before, how you got started, how things are going now. Yeah. So, uh, I joined the team as first, I got licensed, uh, two years ago. I joined in 2019, August, 2019, first real estate job, really had no idea what I was doing or what I was getting into. <laughs> I did have some real estate experience beforehand on like the fixing, fixing up a house kind of, kind of situation. Um, but prior, prior to joining the team, I had very little idea of what I was getting into, what the world was really like. Um, joined the team, hit the ground running, and uh, haven't looked back. It's, it's, been, it's been a really good run, and, and no regrets there. So, so not having any, you had some real estate life experience, which I think is normal for a lot of people. And I know you've, you, we, we talk about the investment side a lot, um, and that's something that you're, you're working on. But not having any like sales experience. I wouldn't, you had sales experience, but real estate sales experience. So talk like, did that, were you nervous at all? Cause this is, I, uh, did, did that help you? Do you feel like, did it hurt you? I mean, yeah, for sure. So I came from the service industry. I was a bartender in a high end restaurant, you know, white glove service. So you, you learn personal relationships and handling crisis situations and walking into a big mess for sure. And that translates <laughs> to some degree, but working in a suited desk, professional environment was completely foreign to me coming up to speed. That was definitely, definitely, um, a change of pace. Um, yeah. That, that, what, what was, what was, um, what attracted you to want to get your real estate license in the beginning? Yeah, for sure. So real estate really has, um, no ceiling. You it, it as, as much as you want to work, you can work as high as you want to go. You can go, 
Um, and you can take a lot of different avenues uh, to get there. So you can go into residential, you can go into commercial, you can go into development, you can go into investment. Um, and every single avenue is, has a great depth to it. So I, I get attracted to the novelty and, uh, you know, new things all the time. So being in this world, I can kind of hone that in on different aspects of this and always keep myself entertained. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a really great point because I, I don't, I mean, Stacey, I'll let you speak for yourself. I got into, I was in business school and it was, I was like an accounting and finance major. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to be doing? Journal entries the rest of my life? Like literally. And, and that, that was one of the appeals to me is that there's, there's different things to do. There's a lot of different disciplines, which, which is really exciting. So that's, that's a great point. Um, so two years in, and, and I mean, you, you know, it's been kind of a crazy, we went through a pandemic, real estate was shut down. I mean, we, we it's been, I don't think you could have gotten better training based on the world circumstances o- over the past two years, but you know, talk a little bit about kind of like your first 12 months versus where you are now, because I mean, I, I've seen a, a guy that's investing in himself, investing in his business, taking ownership, which a lot of people don't do ever in their professional life. So, and I, I mean, talk a little bit about kind of like what you learned your first year and how you're applying it now, because I mean, you brought a number of listings to the table. I mean, you're, you're doing things that agents never do in their career in, in less than 24 months. Yeah. So before I started, you know, in my self-talk was like, oh, if I could sell a house or two my first year, I'd be really <laughs> happy with that. Right. Um, really didn't know what was going on, what lead generation was like, what, what an actual deal is like step by step. So joining a team there was really, you know, endlessly useful and in, in bringing me up to speed far faster than I could have anywhere else. Um, so the first year I did, I think I did 14 or 15 transactions. This year I'm on track to do 26 or 27, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, so I'm having some good growth there. Um, and I, I would say in the beginning, I was very spread out. I didn't really know how to hone things down. I, I'm, I'm driving out to Downingtown from Philly up to Bucks County, up to Pottstown, all over the place. Really just take take anything that comes in the door because in the beginning, you kind of got just got to get up to speed, make some money, improve yourself. Um, but now that I, I, I have some deals under my belt, I can calm down a little bit, focus in on smaller neighborhoods, smaller markets, bring more value, get more knowledge. Um, and so that those markets that I am entertaining more, I'm, I'm becoming the expert in those areas. So you've had um, some really um, great success in the past few months with listings. So can you share how you've been... Um, reaching out to people and, you know, getting these listings? Yeah, absolutely. Listings, uh, listings are, so my first year I did a whole lot of, a lot of the buy side. This year I want to really focus in on the listings. Um, and it's a different animal because buyers are there. They'll always be there. Um, listings and sellers, they have a lot more life conditions. Um, and so the timelines can be a little more staggered and it's not as urgent as you expect because they have a house, that house isn't going to go anywhere. Um, so it's much more personal getting involved with people's lives, learning what the conditions for them are. You know, are they waiting for somebody to graduate? Are they waiting for some work to be done on the house? Do they have to go through some surgical procedure? You know, there's a million different things in impacting people's decisions um, and how they make them. And you have to come to the table with a lot of empathy. Um, as far as, as getting connected with these people, listings, uh, you know, some will come to you, you know, referrals come for sure, but you got to be proactive and reaching out to people, finding out, you know, what, what, what their plans are over the next several years, not over the next month mm-hmm. or two. 
you're not going to go up to anybody and say, hey, do you want to sell your house tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. Um, that know, does happen occasionally, but not often. You definitely want to be talking to people, people over long timelines, nurturing those relationships, fostering them over months and months and years and years, where it's like the work that I was putting in in the very beginning two years ago is now starting to pay off mm-hmm. in great dividends. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really good point because I mean, and then there's a lot of like, you'll hear this from like business coaches and everybody else that all the stuff that gives you short-term pleasure, it doesn't help like your long-term goals. And that, that that's a great observation. I would also argue that listings are the hardest skill in the industry. And the reason people don't want to do it is because they're afraid of the work. I mean, they don't want to sit there and, and nurture someone for 12 months. I mean, that that's not easy to do or, or, you know, 24 months or just to kind of plant that seed and make a connection and then just stay in touch with that person over a period of time. So Investing in yourself is, is is the biggest thing. So, you, you know, you, and, and you've done it. I mean, what I've seen is I've seen someone that's, that's grown as an agent and grown in their career where you're able to focus on listings now. Most people just never do it. They just don't want to do it. So for, for the person that's maybe listening, that's like, hey, I want to I want to change my business a little bit or I want to maybe at least do like a third of my business from listings. Just get started. Like what 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 advice would you have for them? Because you've had this conversation with yourself, I'm sure, at some point over the past 24 months. So it's, it's really relevant because I guarantee you there's someone watching or listening right now that kind of feels the same way you did. For sure. Absolutely. You have to decide to do it is the, the short answer. <laughs> you have to clearly define what you want and identify the ways to get there and just start breaking it down and going after it. So you're going to break down your lead sources. You're going to see where people are. You know, are you circle dialing? Are you pursuing expireds? Um, are you pursuing online leads? Are you pursuing your sphere? Um, and you want to go after each of those in a systematic, organized, and consistent way. So every week, who are you calling? Why are you calling them? And what's the intention of that call? It's not always, hey, let's get this signed. Maybe you're just, you know, building some rapport there because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not quite ready yet. Um, but I think, I think you have to just be clear with yourself and honest with yourself and what you're going after. Um, and the rest will kind of follow from that. So consistency also is key. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you can have a great conversation with somebody and you feel like you're building a rapport, but if you don't talk to them for six months, they're going to forget about you. Right, right. You have to internalize that it. It's not someone else's job to know about you. It's your job to make them know about you. And that, 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 that's amazing advice right there. So anyone listening, just write that down. You could probably go, go to town with that over the next 12 months. So, you know, obviously I know I, we, we've talked about kind of like your goals with real estate and, and some other things. So like, what's, what's something like people wouldn't know about you? Maybe Stacy and I do, but like you're, you're on the radio now, we're putting this video out there for pe- like, what, what's something that like a little known fact about Josh Grabensky that, that a lot of people aren't aware of? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I spent a long, long, long time in college, uh, studying foreign language, uh, specializing in French literature and Mandarin Chinese. That's, wow. that's not something I talk a lot about anymore. Wow. Um, but yeah. What's a long, long time in college? <laughs> I like how he said but, that. Yeah. So I, I started uh, community college at uh, 16 and then uh, I left college at like 28. Okay. 29, gotcha. Like gotcha. And, and 16. Nothing. Wait, did you, you got into college at 16? Yeah. So I, Man. I tested out of high school and, uh, just, just I didn't even know this. Took this is some, great. Uh, took some extra curriculum courses at the community college and started, started out a little early there. Wasn't, didn't have <laughs> awesome. a lot of direction, full disclosure, no idea what I was doing, but eh, you know, <laughs> it was college, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes knowing it's that awesome. you don't have direction is probably more important than thinking you want to do something and then having to go. I mean, how many people do you meet? They get like these degrees and they're like, you know, I'm not doing anything with it anymore. And it's not like an easy one. It's like, 
I became a doctor and I decided I want to do something else or whatever it is. So I think that's not having directions, not a bad thing. And I see on your Instagram that you <laughs> like to garden. Yeah, for sure. Like so, the urban uh, gardener. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> a big it. we got a big setup. We got a bunch of five gallon buckets, tomato tomato plants, and a whole bunch of herbs and peppers and cucumbers and eggplants. And every year we kind of work on the system a little more, a little more, and and refine it. And it's come along really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, because I'm out in suburbia land around the farmers, <laughs> and I'm like highly impressed by your garden. I think it's pretty awesome. If I could find a place to put a cow and a pig, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if my neighbors would like it. I don't Some think so, I don't think the zoning office would like it either. That might be another problem. You get, you get the city knocking <laughs> on your door. So uh, before we got a, we got like three minutes left here. So knowing what you know now. Anything you would have done differently uh, or any advice you would have for people that are getting into the business right now? Because I think it's, you know, it's always easy looking back and hindsight's always twenty twenty. I mean, there's a million things I would have done differently and the path gets you where you are. But w- what advice do you have for people that are, you know, kind of where you were? And I mean, Stace, if you want to chime in too, because I mean, you, you went through the same journey pretty, pretty recently during the pandemic. Like what, what advice do you have for people that want to kind of break into the business or at least get their career off on the right foot? Get your license as quickly as possible. I took my sweet time uh, over a year taking the license, schooling while I was working all this. I was like, oh, I really want to learn as much as I can before as possible. But you really don't learn anything until your first day (laughs) as an agent. And everything you learn after, like, they don't teach you. So just get your license as quickly as possible. Join a team where you're surrounded with people that know what they're doing and can teach you um, as fast as possible. And, And that'll really speed things up for you. I have to agree with that 100% because <laughs> I got my license pretty quickly though because I was like, I, I got to get this done. I had a goal of like, I had to finish it up fast. Um, but what you learn when you're doing those courses is completely different than real life experience. So I agree. Get your license and then get with a great team because you're going to learn so much after you're in the business. Mm-hmm. So you guys are telling me you don't have a lot of cemetery plot deals that you're doing or you need to know how many square feet are in an acre on a day-to-day exactly, basis. Is this accurate? Right. right. Correct. I, I mean, you guys are kind because obviously we all work together. I, I I would agree that, you know, and I just read this book. It was called Tribe of Millionaires where it's like who you surround yourself with actually multiplies your efforts. And I think that's, that's so true no matter what you do. So, you know, that, that, that that's great advice. Um, so Josh is the urban gardener. Josh, how do people get in touch with you. How, like they, they want you to list their house. They want to buy a house. How do, how do they reach out to Josh? And obviously we'll get Stacy and everyone else's information here too. Yeah. Just find me on Facebook, Facebook or Instagram, Joshua E. Grubensky. There's not a lot of Grubenskys out there. You'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So we got it. We got a couple minutes left here. Anything we, you feel like we left out today, people need to know. We talked about bidding wars. We talked about Inman Connect. We talked about Josh's amazing journey and he's just getting started, which is the most exciting part. Um, what else that we got like a minute left here, someone's looking to make a decision in the next 60 days. What should they be thinking about right now? One sentence. What do you got Uh, Stace? In the next 60 days to make a move. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's a great idea Uh, (laughs) because I think, yeah, call me. Um, (laughs) I'll answer all your questions. Get with the right agent. They're going to help you. And it's going to be, you know, either it's going to be sink or swim basically. So you have to get with an agent that's experienced and uh, guide you through the process because that's everything, getting through the process. Like Josh knows, there are some deals that go sideways. So um, it's all about temperament, keeping calm, keeping cool, navigating, problem solving, because uh, real estate is extremely complicated at times. 
So uh, definitely get with the right people and you will have success. Josh, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. 15 minutes with a good agent will really save you hours and hours of turmoil. Uh, So, you know, come say hello. 15 minutes. Talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. That's where we're going to leave it. Josh told you how to get in touch with him. You want to follow Stacy? She's on Instagram at the number two Mitchco, M-I-T-C-H-C-O. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD. That's at Tom Tool the third. Again, we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline. Follow us on Facebook or the YouTube stream. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Thank you.